Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome in to the first 2023 edition of Crown Corner. Will Pelagic and Jessica Trauman here with you, and we're here to kind of bring you a brand new way of doing Crown Corner. Uh, we did the one-hour show weekly in the past. What we're going to do this year is make them a little smaller and, and more consumable for you guys to hear, and we'll uh, do a couple of check-ins about twice, sometimes three times a week. Uh, occasionally, we'll get a player interview, which is always cool. Those should happen around the middle of the week. We'll do one particular uh, podcast that recaps the previous week's game. And then we will also do a a post that ends up uh, previewing what happens on the weekend. So we'll have one more this week, at least uh, before the Atlanta contest, and then maybe possibly also a player interview. But Trying to recycle and recap what happened last night, a 3-1 loss to St. Louis. Jess, uh, this is one after sleeping overnight on it. Uh, I feel like uh, the next day we're still not feeling all that good about. No, I think sometimes people say time is a healer, but in the case of this game, the time has actually made it that much more sour because we've had those moments to reflect and look back and it's just so disappointing to get the lead away from home, something that we struggle to do a lot last season to feel like we were playing some pretty good soccer and then to just sort of crumble in the way that we did and you look back at the three goals and I think we said in the post game show it's one thing when you lose because of a team being exemplary right it's a one thing when you lose and a team scores three incredible goals and you just sort of hold your hands in the air and you say okay good job in this one it just felt like we were the masters of our own downfall will it be yeah, Jess, and, and I really, I've been trying to rack my brain around this, and, and maybe I guess you can help me because I think from the standpoint of where Charlotte FC sits, we've seen defeats before, but uh, this one is, is just particularly confounding. I mean, the, the three goals, you know, Tui Lomas goes off the head, which I know he's trying to make a play on the ball, but unfortunately it went backwards. Uh, you and I covered the penalty ad nauseum last night. Uh, I don't know if Carol Svidersky makes himself bigger. Uh, I think that it's one where you look at it and you say maybe, you know, there are certain ways to define what intentional is and what it isn't, but uh, it was determined to be different from the referee. And then a, a gaffe from a usually reliable player in Milanda. What, what causes these unfortunate uh, and it seems like momentary lapses of judgment from our players? Yeah, I think that, Latanto in his press conference before the game talked about managing, you know, the game and not the moment. And I think that we actually got kind of flustered by the game. I think there were times where we got very frustrated by the officiating and then didn't quite have our heads in the game the way that it needs to be at this elite level, right? And I completely understand the frustration with the referee. Did we agree with everything all night long? No, we didn't. But at the end of the day, you can't control that. You can only control what you do in the game and your actions. And I think that we got a little flustered by that. You look back at the Tui Loma own goal, maybe some communication issue there. The presence of the St. Louis forward Klaus obviously got between Cisniega and Tui Loma and Tui Loma is forced to make a play on the ball. Could maybe Cisniega come and dominate or should Tui Loma sort his feet out? Maybe, but these are ifs and buts. The penalty, the more I look back at it, the more I think 
it's going to be a penalty 99% of the time just because when you look back, his arm is outside of his body. He is trying to turn to maybe get away with the ball. But when we reflect on it, did Carroll really argue? I don't think he did. I think he knew that it hit his hand and he didn't have too many complaints. Melanda is the hardest one to accept because of the Melanda that we've seen during his time at Charlotte FC, right? It's very easy to forget he's 21 years old and, you know, that he's still learning the game himself and developing as a player. But what is so shocking about the Melanda one is right now we've become the butts of a lot of MLS fans' jokes on social mm. media because it's a complete carbon copy of what we saw against Austin in St. Louis. And how you've not seen that tape and sort of learned how St. Louis is going to play makes that one probably the most frustrating of the three to concede. Well, the, the, I think the frustrating thing for me, Jess, and, and you mentioned social media, unfortunately, the, the vultures are out there right now. And I, I don't want to be someone who promotes negativity, but there are a lot of people who are saying, hey, you know, we, we, we said all these things and heard all these things about being a first-year side, and here's a, a first-year side in St. Louis who's looking very organized. They got a little bit of a head start, as uh, we chronicled in, in, the, uh, in the preamble, but I do feel like from that aspect, from Charlotte, uh, we're still dealing with some unfortunate chemistry issues in terms of adding in players like Westwood and Capetti. They had a completely brand-new starting 11 on Saturday that – uh, even had some players playing some positions that they're not normally accustomed to with Bronico playing at the left back and uh, doing a little bit more also with Andre Shinyashiki in the midfield. In terms of where you see for Charlotte FC, do we feel like we've seen their best 11 yet? Or, or do you feel like this could be another week where Christian Latanzio comes out and, and maybe does a, a little bit more tinkering with the uh, with the formations and with the, with the, with the 11 out there? Yeah, I think that's probably going to be some changes because you saw Nuno Santos come off the bench and play very well. His vision and insertion of the game was very impressive. Cohen Vargas two weeks in a row has made a difference over the bench as well. It, it's Nobody wants to be a manager, right? It's the most difficult job in the world and it's very easy for you and I to be sitting up there with the view that we have and pointing fingers and saying this could work and that could work. It, it's a hard job and I'm not trying to criticise Latanzo at all, but what is difficult is as on your journey to find your best 11, you're also sacrificing the chemistry that maybe you are building between your players. And so we need to find that starting lineup fast. We need to find who's going to be your back four quickly. You need to find out who's going to be in the midfield and who's going to be your attacking options. And I think that in preseason, maybe we could have utilized it a little bit more effectively to try things out. Obviously, we didn't see all of the preseason games, but I don't think Brant Bronico played at left back during preseason. And by the way, I think he did a very, very good job um, and really surprised me and his understanding of the position that quickly. But maybe that's something we could have seen in preseason. What is really tough right now from a Charlotte FC fan perspective is one of the keys to this season was talking about how we need to get off to a better start than last year, right? We didn't get our first um, points until the fourth game of the season. And now you're looking ahead and you're looking at an Atlanta team that's unbeaten. You're looking at going away to Orlando, which is a difficult place to travel to. And you're feeling that element of concern that this could be a slow start to the season as well. And you don't want to create all the damage or a big mountain to climb in order to catch up with those teams that have gone ahead of you. Yeah, there's only two teams in the Eastern Conference who failed to pick up points in the opening two weeks of the season, us and Montreal. And so when you think about 
the way that the playoff structure now once again sits uh, where Charlotte FC is. The top nine teams at least qualify for playoffs or at least qualify to, to keep playing beyond decision day. You have the uh, singular standalone game between the eight and nine seeds for the play-in that gets you into that first-round three-game series. But to, to me, Jess, I, I don't want to be having to worry about that. I, I think that every Charlotte FC fan has set – uh, their sights higher. It is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a 34-round season, not a two-round season. But I think you, you mentioned the back four. Uh, we had very valid concerns about that coming in, and the alarm bells, unfortunately, are off to them because uh, while in the first week it, it wasn't what I would call completely concerning, but uh, – Getting out of our own half was a was a struggle, even though we had the possession numbers dominated. Uh, for some odd reason, uh, St. Louis's pressure really uh, did a number on our ability to to really control the game and enjoy the game. Yeah, we were flustered defensively, and again, if you'd looked at the tape of St. Louis, you knew they were going to play a very organized, a very uh, identified style of play and may, while it's maybe not the most glamorous style of play it's extremely effective and every player on that St. Louis team knew their role and they knew how to undo Charlotte FC in terms of the high press and we just have to adjust a little bit because we're going to face other high pressing teams. You think about Philadelphia you think about the Red Bulls, you're going to face teams that try and create that chaos and we can't afford to play like that against them and give up more cheap goals. You have to learn from these moments and I think that when we go back and look at the tape, Latangio is going to realize that, hey, we've got to learn from this because this is something that cannot be repeated. It just can't. We had a great showing of fans and they deserved, and I think the players would say themselves, they deserved a better showing, which is why when Latangio in his post-game uh, press conference said that there was a lot of anger in the locker room, I think a lot of that's because they know they can do better for their fan base. One thing I can say that, that was encouraging is that when we were able to break the lines and, and play in the offensive half, uh, we saw something from the wing position that we didn't see from the starters last week. Uh, Camille Josviak had one of his better games, I would say. He got a secondary assist on the goal by Enzo Capetti. Uh, Carol Svidersky got the primary assist and was playing on the wing. That was another one of those decisions that you had a player playing in a position that we're not necessarily used to seeing him play in. I know Carroll has played a little bit of wing for Charlotte FC, but uh, it's been done kind of in the middle of contests. But what do you think of the wing play? And, and also, ultimately, what do you think of Enzo Capetti uh, scoring the first goal for Charlotte FC this season? Well, the goal was amazing. When you think about it, the breakaway, Shinyashiki, Josviak, Svidersky, and Capetti all involved in what was a really great counterattacking ball, right from the turnover to the way that they carried the ball. I thought Josviak was 100% the best player on the pitch for Charlotte FC, which is something that not many people maybe expected to, to see because he has faced a lot of criticism. But I thought that his work rate, his uh, running with the ball, his positivity with his touches was something that we hadn't seen so far. And obviously, yes, do we expect goals and assists from our designated player? Of course we do. So I'm not saying that Josviak is the finished product right now, but it was very exciting to watch him in that role. And I thought that was a bright spark of the game. And Zuccopetti is a tank. I mean, look at the way, when you look at the goal, yeah, your eyes are focused on the ball. But if you look at Zuccopetti's off the ball movement, his determination to get into that box, to win that header, to generate the power on the header, it was fantastic. And I thought he had flashes of the player that he can be. I think he's still adjusting to this league, adjusting 
the physicality, adjusting to the officiating. We saw some frustration in Capetti and talking to the officials and his disappointment that he didn't get a penalty call. And I think that this game was a learning curve to him because there is some growing pains of adjusting to this league. But I do think that getting that first goal is a great starting point for Capetti. And I, I'm hoping that we have just only seen the tip of the iceberg right now. And you mentioned uh, the environment. I, it's It's fun to see a player who can exact the kind of emotion from a crowd, an opposing crowd like Capetti can. Uh, I even saw a bunch of people who I knew who were from St. Louis who were posting about Enzo and saying uh, Enzo Capetti is no friend to St. Louis and things of that nature. And so the fact that that he was able to get into the heads of the opposition, I don't think we've had a player like that since the club has been in existence. So, so that is incredibly encouraging, but the inverse cannot happen. And I think, you know, the environment, what it was, whether it was something created by the fans or uh, the stuff on the pitch, uh, he he can't allow that to to affect him. And I think, unfortunately, uh, after that one penalty call that that kind of messed up his cap a little bit, and hopefully he's okay after uh, a day's rest today. Uh, I'm hoping that that wasn't something that adversely affected him because I I think we didn't see the same player. Uh, that we saw in those in those spurts and moments in the first half. I don't, I don't know if we saw that guy in the second half after uh, the official and, and maybe even the fans kind of got in his head a little bit. Yeah, and I don't think it was just Capetti either. Look at Westwood. I mean, Westwood is usually such a cool, calm, collected figure, yet he picks up a yellow card for dissent. We saw, you know, Brant Bronico maybe lose his head a little bit with retaliation on a player. And it, it was a different Charlotte FC side in terms of that. And listen... Anyone that knows how I play as a player or how I am as a coach, I'm very passionate. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I appreciate that fight and desire. But I think that it reached a point in the game where maybe our frustrations ended up hindering our focus and hindering our cleanliness in certain areas of the field. And that's just not uh, good enough, honestly. After last week, there was, I think, a clear and conscious focus on on what to look forward to and what to look for in the next game and the next week's training session. We knew that that crosses and shots would be very much a paramount thing going into the St. Louis contest, and uh, we we saw a, a marked change in that aspect. What are you, uh, if you are organizing training this week for Christian Latanzio, or you are Christian Latanzio organizing training for the week? Uh, what are you focusing your efforts on to improve this club ahead of Atlanta? It sounds silly, but I'll be doing a lot of keep ball right now in terms of the, the crispness of the passing. When we move the ball nicely, one touch, two touch interchange, triangles, that basic schoolboy stuff, we look really good. But unfortunately, I think at times it just wasn't clean enough or we were just trying to do the complex pass instead of the basic pass. I think the keep away would also be good for our defenders to work on, you know, releasing the ball at the right time, which is something that I love that we play out the back. I think that it's a great attribute to have in a side and build up players nice instead of just lumping it long and hoping to get the second ball. But I do think something we've talked about consistently is just there's a right time and a wrong time to do that. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we just need to keep emphasising. And I think you brought up in yesterday's uh, broadcast, Will, Latanzo said that he understands that the players are going to see the game a little differently to him on the sideline. And maybe he doesn't want them to send it long all the time, but they have a right to do so and make their decisions. I think that needs to be emphasized again, because 
you can't force players you can't be a joystick you know we're not playing the playstation and saying hey you've got to pass every time i think we have to have that freedom as a player to go long at times and i'm not sure we saw that as as much as maybe we needed to against an opposition that was pressing very high for, for the record, when I'm on PlayStation, I always go long and direct. So I, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like to play out of the back, personally. But I, I do. I do get an appreciation for that part of the game and and the fact that uh, that you can do that. And when you can do that effectively, it, it creates a beautiful game. It's just, uh, I believe, uh, our colleague on the Spanish radio side, Antonio Ramos, said it best in our conversation when we were leaving the stadium. Uh, it was just a, a contrast in styles and, and their style won. And, and there are going to be times where we play teams that, that want to play the beautiful game on the opposition side with us. And you, and you will see beautiful runs of possession. But when you play a team like St. Louis that mucks it up, you got to have an answer. And, and unfortunately, we did not. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's not not beautiful what they did in its own way. Having your own identity, committing to your style of play and winning games it's a beautiful thing, right? I just think it's different. And we've struggled against high pressing sides at times because of our like innate desire to play out the back. And it's just something that we have to adjust because we're going to play teams that have different identities to us. There's no right or wrong way. It's just about trying to pick up wins. And I think that we, we, we lost that game of tactics maybe. We will have an opportunity to preview Atlanta later in the week here on Crown Corner. We will rejoin you for a podcast on Thursday. And then, as we mentioned also, uh, our periodic player interviews, those will drop on Wednesdays. Uh, not every week, but every so often as well. So be looking for the, uh, again, more condensed, more easily consumable versions of Crown Corner throughout the week here uh, by subscribing and uh, tell your friends as well if they are Charlotte FC fans, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, we will be giving you as much Charlotte FC content as you crave uh, throughout the weeks and months to come. For Jessica Charman, uh, I'm Will Pelagic. Jess, uh, hopefully we can uh, get a little bit of sense of what happens going into this week because uh, I really want this one at home against Atlanta. Yeah, we, we all want this one against Atlanta. Fingers crossed it's a more cheery post-game show next week. We'll talk to you guys later on this week on Crown Corner.